Sermon 41 of Sermons for All the Sundays of the Year, Sermons 26 through 53, by St. Alphonsus Liguori. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twelfth Sunday after Pentecost. On the Abuse of Divine Mercy. Take care of him. Luke chapter 10, verse 35. In this day's gospel we read that a certain man fell into the hands of robbers, who after having taken his money wounded him and left him half dead. A Samaritan who passed by saw him, and taking pity on him, bound up his wounds, brought him to an inn, and left him to the care of the host, saying, Take care of him. These words I this day address to those, if there be any such among you, who, though their souls are wounded by sin, instead of attending to the care of them, continually aggravate the wounds by new sins, and thus abuse the mercy of God, who preserves their lives, that they may repent and not be lost for ever. I say to you, brethren, take care of your souls, which are in a very bad state. Have compassion on them. Have pity on thy own soul. Ecclesiastes 30. Your souls are sick, and, what is worse, they are near the eternal death of hell. For he who abuses to excess the divine mercy is on the point of being abandoned by the mercy of God. This shall be the subject of the present discourse. St. Augustine says that the devil deludes Christians in two ways, by despair and hope. After a person has committed sin, the enemy, by placing before his eyes the rigor of divine justice, tempts him to despair of the mercy of God. But before he sins, the devil, by representing to him the divine mercy, labors to make him fearless of the chastisement due to sin. Hence the saint gives the following advice. After sin, hope for mercy. Before sin, fear justice. If after sin you despair of God's pardon, you offend him by a new and more grievous sin. Have recourse to his mercy, and he will pardon you. But before sin, fear God's justice, and trust not in his mercy. For they who abuse the mercy of God to offend him do not deserve to be treated with mercy. Abulensius says that a man who offends justice may have recourse to mercy, but to whom can they have recourse, who offend and provoke mercy against themselves? When you intend to commit sin, who, I ask, promises you mercy from God? Certainly God does not promise it. It is the devil that promises it, that you may lose God and be damned. Beware, says St. John Chrysostom, never to attend to that dog that promises thee mercy from God. If, beloved sinners, you have hitherto offended God, hope and tremble. If you desire to give up sin, and if you detest it, hope, because God promises pardon to all who repent of the evil they have done. But if you intend to continue in your sinful course, tremble lest God should wait no longer for you, but cast you into hell. Why does God wait for sinners? Is it that they may continue to insult him? No, he waits for them that they may renounce sin, and that thus he may have pity on them and forgive them. Therefore the Lord waiteth that he may have mercy on you. Isaiah 30. But when he sees that the time which he gave them to weep over their past iniquities is spent in multiplying their sins, he begins to inflict chastisement, and he cuts them off in the state of sin that by dying they may cease to offend him. Then he calls again them 
the very time he had given them for repentance. He hath called against me the time. Lamentations 1. The very time, says St. Gregory, comes to judge. A common illusion of so many damned Christians. We seldom find a sinner so abandoned to despair as to say, I will damn myself. Christians sin and endeavor to save their souls. They say, God is merciful. I will commit this sin and will afterwards confess it. Behold the illusion, or rather the snare, by which Satan draws so many souls to hell. Commit sin, he says, and confess it afterwards. But listen to what God says. And say not, the mercy of the Lord is great. He will have mercy on the multitude of my sins. Ecclesiastes 5. Why does he tell you not to say that the mercy of God is great? Attend to the words contained in the following verse. For mercy and wrath come quickly from him, and his wrath looketh upon sinners. The mercy of God is different from the acts of his mercy. The former is infinite, the latter are finite. God is merciful, but he is also just. St. Basil says that sinners only consider God as merciful and ready to pardon, but not as just and prepared to inflict punishment. Of this the Lord complained one day to St. Bridget. I am just and merciful. Sinners regard me only as merciful. St. Basil's words are, God is just, and being just, he must punish the ungrateful. Father John Avila used to say that to bear with those who avail themselves of the mercy of God is to offend him, would not be mercy but a want of justice. Mercy, as the Divine Mother said, is promised to those who fear, and not to those who insult the Lord and his mercy to them that fear him. Luke 1. Some rash sinners will say, God has hitherto shown me so many mercies. Why should he not hereafter treat me with the same mercy? I answer, he will show you mercy if you wish to change your life. But if you intend to continue to offend him, he tells you that he will take vengeance on your sins by casting you into hell. Revenge is mine, and I will repay them in due time, that their foot may slide. Deuteronomy 32. David says that except ye be converted, he will brandish his sword. Psalm 7. The Lord has bent his bow and waits for your conversion. But if you resolve not to return to him, he will in the end cast the arrow against you, and you shall be damned. O God, there are some who will not believe that there is a hell until they fall into it. Can you, beloved Christians, complain of the mercies of God, after he has shown you so many mercies by waiting for you so long. You ought to remain always prostrate on the earth to thank him for his mercies, saying, The mercies of the Lord that we are not consumed. Lamentations 3 Were the injuries which you offered to God committed against a brother, he would not have borne with you. God had so much patience with you, and he now calls you again. If after all this he shall send you to hell, Will he do you any wrong? What is there, he will say, that I ought to do more for my vineyard, that I have not done to it? Isaiah 5. Impious wretch, what more I to do for you that I have not done? St. Bernard says that the confidence which sinners have in God's goodness, when they commit sin, procures for them not a blessing, but a malediction from the Lord. A deceitful hope which sends so many Christians to hell, St. Augustine says. They do not hope for the pardon of the sins of which they repent, but they hope that, though they continue to commit sin, 
God will have mercy upon them, and thus they make the mercy of God serve as a motive for continuing to offend him. O accursed hope, hope which is an abomination to the Lord, and their hope the abomination. Job 11. This hope will make God hasten the execution of his vengeance. For surely a master will not defer the punishment of servants who offend him because he is good. Sinners, as St. Augustine observes, trusting in God's goodness, insult him, and say, God is good, and I will do what I please. But alas, how many exclaim the same St. Augustine, as this vain hope deluded. They who have been deceived by this shadow of vain hope cannot be numbered. St. Bernard writes that Lucifer's chastisement was accelerated because in rebellion against God he hoped that he should not be punished for his rebellion. Ammon the son of King Manassas, seeing that God had pardoned the sins of his father, gave himself up to a wicked life with the hope of pardon. But for Ammon there was no mercy. St. John Chrysostom says that Judas was lost because, trusting in the goodness of Jesus Christ, he betrayed him. He that sins with the hope of pardon, saying, I will afterwards repent, and God will pardon me, is, according to St. Augustine, not a penitent but a scoffer. The apostle tells us that God is not mocked. Galatians 6. It would be a mockery of God to offend him as often and as long as you please, and always to receive the pardon of your offenses. For what things a man shall sow, says St. Paul, those also shall he reap. They who sow sins can hope for nothing but the hatred of God in hell. Despisest thou the riches of his goodness and patience and long-suffering? Romans 2. Do you, O sinner, despise the riches of the goodness, of the patience and long-suffering of God towards you? He uses the word riches because the mercies which God shows us in not punishing our sins are riches more valuable to us than all treasures. Knowest thou not, continues the apostle, that the benignity of God leadeth thee to penance? Do you not know that the Lord waits for you, and treats you with so much benignity, not that you continue to sin, but that you may weep over your offenses you have offered to him? For, says St. Paul, if you persevere in sin and do not repent, your obstinacy and impenitence shall accumulate a treasure of wrath against the day of wrath, that is, on the day on which God shall judge you. According to thy hardness and impenitent heart, thou treasurest up wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the just judgment of God. To the hardness of the sinner shall succeed his abandonment by God. Who shall say of the soul that is obstinate in sin what he said of Babylon? We would have cured Babylon, but she is not healed. Let us forsake her. Jeremiah 51 And how does God abandon the sinner? He either sends him a sudden death and cuts him off in sin, or he deprives him of the graces which would be necessary to bring him to true repentance. He leaves him with the sufficient graces with which he can, but will not save his soul. The darkness of his understanding, the hardness of his heart, and the bad habits which he has contracted will render his conversion morally impossible. Thus he shall not be absolutely, but morally abandoned. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be wasted. Isaiah 5 When the master of the vineyard destroys its hedges, does he not show that he abandons it? It is thus that God acts when he abandons a soul. 
he takes away the hedge of holy fear and remorse of conscience and leaves the soul in darkness and then vices crowd into the heart thou hast appointed darkness and it is night in it shall all the beasts of the wood go about psalm 103 and the sinner abandoned in an abyss of sins will despise admonitions excommunications divine grace chastisement and hell he will make a jest of his own damnation the wicked man when he has come into the depth of sin contemneth proverbs 18 why asked the prophet jeremiah doth the way of the wicked prosper jeremiah 12 he answers gather them together as sheep for a sacrifice miserable the sinner who is prosperous in this life the prosperity of sinners is a sign that god wishes to give them a temporal reward for some works which are morally good but that he reserves them as victims of his justice for hell where like the accursed cockle they shall be cast to burn for all eternity in the time of the harvest i will say to the reapers gather up the first cockle and bind it in bundles to burn matthew thirteen thus not to be punished in this life is the greatest of god's chastisements on the wicked and has been threatened against the obstinate sinner by the prophet isaiah let us have pity on the wicked but he will not learn justice isaiah twenty six on this passage st bernard says this mercy i do not wish for it is above all wrath and what greater chastisement than to be abandoned into the hands of sin so that being permitted by god to fall from sin to sin the sinner must in the end go to suffer as many hells as he has committed sins add thou iniquity upon their iniquity let them be blotted out of the book of the living psalm one eighteen on these words bellamarine writes there is no punishment greater than when sin is the punishment of sin it would be better for such a sinner to die after the first sin because by dying under the load of so many additional iniquities he shall suffer as many hells as he has committed sins this is what happened to a certain comedian in palomero whose name was caesar he one day told a friend that father la Nusha, a missionary foretold him that god should give him twelve years to live and that if within that time he did not change his life he should die a bad death now said he to his friend i have travelled through so many parts of the world i have had many attacks of sickness one of which nearly brought me to the grave but in this month the twelve years shall be completed and i feel myself in better health than in any of the past years he then invited his friend to listen to a new comedy which he had composed but what happened on the twenty fourth november sixteen eighty eight the day fixed for the comedy as he was going on the stage he was seized with apoplexy and died suddenly he expired in the arms of a female comedian thus the scene of this world ended miserably for him let us make the application to ourselves and conclude the discourse brethren i entreat you to give a glance at all the bygone years of your life look at the grievous offenses you have committed against god and at the great mercies which he has shown to you the many lights he has bestowed upon you and the many times he has called you to change of life by this sermon he has to-day given you a new call he appears to me to say to you 
What is there that I ought to do to my vineyard that I have not done to it? Isaiah 5. What more ought I to do for you that I have not done? What do you say? What answer have you to make? Will you give yourselves to God, or will you continue to offend him? Consider, says St. Augustine, that the punishment of your sins has been deferred, not remitted. O unfruitful tree, the axe has been deferred. Be not secure, you shall be cut off. And if you abuse the divine mercy, you shall be cut off. Vengeance shall soon fall upon you. What do you wait for? Do you wait till God sends you to hell? The Lord has been hitherto silent, but he is not silent forever. When the time of vengeance shall arrive, he will say, These things hast thou done, and I was silent. Thou thoughtest unjustly that I should be like unto thee, but I will reprove thee and set before thy face. Psalm 99 he will set before your eyes the graces which he has bestowed upon you, and which you have despised. These very graces shall judge and condemn you. O brethren, resist no longer the calls of God. Tremble least the call which he gives you today may be your last call. Go to confession as soon as possible, and make a firm resolution to change your lives. It is useless to confess your sins, if you afterwards return to your former vices. But you will perhaps say, that you have not strength to resist the temptations by which you are being assailed. Listen to the words of the Apostle. God is faithful, who will not permit you to be tempted above that which you are able. 1 Corinthians 10. God is faithful, he will not permit you to be tempted above your strength. And if of yourself you have not strength to overcome the devil, ask it from God and he will give it to you. Ask and you shall receive. John 16. Praising, said David, I will call on the Lord and I shall be saved from my enemies. Psalm 17. And St. Paul said, I can do all things in him who strengtheneth me. Philippians 4. Of myself I can do nothing, but with the divine assistance I can do all things. Recommend yourselves to God in all temptations, and God will enable you to resist them, and you shall not fall. End of Sermon 41.